0: Vuitton, Dior, Yves Saint-Laurent, Chloé, Cartier, Mont Blanc.
1: Welcome to the Weird Eye podcast. We are your hosts, Adrian Spottaro
0: and Bordane Andressac.
1: And in this episode, we're going to talk about fashion
0: and clothing. So adrian i see you came today in your gucci shirt in your dolce gabbana shoes <laughs> you are quite a hype beast today yes because
1: today we're going to talk about fashion you know fashion is quite hard nowadays when you do online shopping because of corona don't you miss the times where you go to the shop put 10 clothes on you, none of them work, and you just go home without any clothes because none of them fit you. Don't you miss that?
0: Yeah, I miss this feeling of anxiety of standing in the changing room with 10 different uh, clothing items, trying to put all of them, trying not to lose my phone and my keys in this clothing room. So yeah, I definitely miss it. However, with the power of AI,
1: we can further improve our experience but this time in a positive way.
0: And it, it can be strange to think first about what can AI to do in fashion, but people that thought that it's strange and uh, they don't need AI in fashion went bankrupt because according to latest McKinsey report, 44% of fashion retailers that didn't adopt some forms of AI in their businesses went bankrupt.
1: Yes, and when we say fashion, we're not referring only the e-commerce side. Fashion has a lot of moving parts, each requiring their own attention. So adopting some kind of form somewhere in the supply chain definitely saved companies.
0: Yeah, so I think today we'll talk all about starting from designing of the clothes to the distribution of the clothes as it's all part of the fashion industry. So Bogdan,
1: how can we use AI to create new designs?
0: Yeah, I would. Yeah, uh, I would start from the fact uh, that you can improve your sketching with AI. So if you remember our first episode about anime generation, same techniques can be used for clothes design where artist or designer provides a rough sketch of the clothes and the deep learning model can, first of all, color it and then transform it to, lo- uh, to look like a real clothing, not a sketch which improves generation and of uh, new designs. make the uh, job of the designer much easier.
1: After the fashion designer makes a sketch, it then becomes a time where the, the person also experiments. And same techniques, as you mentioned, which are used for anime to maybe create variations of certain designs can be also applied here. And after the fashion designer has found a design which he would like to mass produce, then AI can be used in the manufacturing process. And there, we can most of the research there is more... Statistical learning than what we s- normally think about, gen- like fancy AI with like GANs and deep learning, but still machine learning methods and methods are used there in order to estimate the resources required to mass produce a certain product. But also, one can use the design which the, the designer designed. Okay, that's a very that's designer design and
0: <laughs> <laughs> put butter on his butter. <laughs>
1: We're using that design we can estimate how well the market will react to that product based on current trends and therefore allocating the required resources more or less depending how popular that item will be in order to not overproduce or underproduce for the market.
0: And with uh, data science and AI it's really feasible to identify current trends. So there, there is research on modeling fashion influence from photos, uh, where the researchers took a lot of photos from Instagram and they analyzed how the fashion trends uh, travel from city to city, from brand to brand, which would let designers and people in uh, business better understand what people are uh, looking into it and the study is really great because it shows the connections in, in between the cities in the US, Europe and Asia. think uh, where the most influence is coming from. I think from Europe the most influential city was Berlin if I'm not mistaken and it's very interesting to see as you know historically Paris was the fashion capital of Europe, but time changes. And we
1: can use AI to predict future trends. So I remember I was at a talk at Crunch conference in 2017, where Stitch Fix presented and they shown that they use the queries searches in their platform In order to identify new trends. So if they see that users are searching more for a certain item, than usually that will indicate for a potential of a trend.
0: So AI can also not only assess
1: current trends but also future trends in
0: fashion. And when it comes to creating new trends, I think it's so hard today as trends coming and going and it's so fast. So designing of clothes is getting harder and harder because of time constraints. And uh, there is a very interesting Again, research paper on where they combine different clothes together to transfer one style of clothes to another. So, for example, you have one color of dress and you completely change the color. But even more, they identify different parts of uh, clothes, let's say like sleeves on a shirt. And they can match like, let's take sleeves from this shirt, uh, put sleeves on this shirt and it works really nice which lets designers experiment in again in much faster way and try different way uh, different looks without wasting too much time
1: okay so we talked about how we can design and we also talked about the manufacturing process now let's talk the last destination which is the e-commerce websites and platforms where customers can purchase these goods so There are a lot of companies which are working in the field of fashion retail. Notable two companies I would say very known for their AI in fashion are Stitch Fix and Zolando. Zolando is the European equivalent of Stitch Fix. And let's talk about Stitch Fix first. Stitch Fix, I think, is known by our U.S. listeners. And they use AI. And more specifically, they ask questions to the customers like do you enjoy shopping? or how much time do you spend in to get in the morning? And other questions. Based on that information, it can personalize your, your shopping experience and they can give you personalized recommendations, so recommend the systems. They can use AI to identify how well a certain cloth will fit to you. So human computation, you could say. But also they have some other AI elements in the backgrounds, like logistic optimization based on demand and supply of their customers. So there's a lot of topics like inventory management, demand modeling, and all kinds of stuff which happen in the background, which the user is never aware of. But because of this, the company can stay very slim, and maximize the profits with minimizing the effort. And Zolando has equivalent technology, but serving a European customer base on that. But this cannot be only online. You can do this also offline. So how could you integrate AI in offline stores? So we said AI is very popular in online shopping, but that doesn't stop companies to use it in their retail shops. So one company, which is from here in Graz, it's called detego which is a cloud-based software platform which allows fashion companies to digitalize their stock so basically what you would do is what would happen is that your inventory would receive a rfid chip or patch on so on the clothing item and this allows it to somehow have a digital copy of that And with that information, you can then apply AI on that. So same things like making analytics on the supply chain, customer engagement, and over stuff like warehouses and and stuff like that can be tracked if you have a possibility to track them also in offline stores. This company offers a solution for this. So AI is not going anywhere. Even you could say, oh, I'm just shopping at the store. AI won't affect you. No, AI will affect, and it's already affecting you. So I know DTGO is using one of their bigger customers, actually, Adidas. So yeah, you could see this more and more happening in more fashion companies.
0: Very interesting uh, approach adopted one uh, South Korean brand, Colon, I think it's called, and they operate on a premise where they produce less quantity, but more different designs. And the issue is there is to provide their shops with big variety of products. And um, It's quite hard task to identify what uh, designs are similar or uh, are they different. Because if you do it, let's say database approach or Excel sheet, you see like man, uh, man, t-shirt, black. But there is so many varieties of different colors uh, that not all colors are same. You have a, a shade, but usually, if it's in a database, it would be one entry. Uh, so they developed uh, they teamed up with researchers and developed a visual system for. Uh, uh, De- de- detecting a style of clothing. So uh, basically, their system would find uh, what styles are similar and what are different. And based on those similarities, they decide which clothes will go to which shop.
1: The concept of visual search, visual similarity recommendation is not something new. This has been used in a lot of our fields. And there are also dedicated companies, which allows these companies to apply these methods already today. So one company called IntelliStyle offers AI solution for their customer where they can offer exactly this, where you can just make pictures of your inventory and it can allow you to find visual or similar items, build recommendation system on top of that, even help you complete a look for a customer so recommend a complete look based on your inventory and also taking it to the further step even to add retargeting and also make personalized landing pages for the customers based on information interactive of, the, of your inventory but also of your customers on your websites. So this technology is already here available. Some companies develop in-house because it's maybe it's cheaper for them, some companies just to use already out-of-the-market solutions there. Before we talk about the elephant room, about models and how models will replace models, (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about a last application of AI. And that is a company called Reactive Reality. When you buy online, the big issue is that it's quite hard to determine if your clothes fit you well. Or if they even fit you well, do you even going to like them? Just, yeah, you see the model there. You see the image on the model looks very nice. And like, yeah, I definitely look like that guy. But then you put it on you and like, yep, I should have never bought that. What was I thinking? <laughs> so what Reactive Reality tries, the way it wants to solve this problem is that it allows online shoppers to create their own 3D avatar. So what this means is that you can use your mobile phone, make like a lot of pictures of you, like a video, 3D video of you, and that video can create a 3D model of yourself. In this combination with the uh, having 3D pictures of clothing items done by the company, you could see exactly how the clothes will fit you without even purchasing it without even going physically there. So we're, we're already having a method where this company Re- Reactive Reality, which is by the way also from Graz, um, allows to customers to have like a detailed view of their, you know, how well the clothes will match them, but also receive size recommendations. Because you know, with a 3D avatar and 3D scan of the clothing, you can offer that also. Okay. Now let's talk about models replacing models.
0: I think it's here we should uh, distinguish between two types of models. Uh, so there is runaway models, those that walk catwalks, like in Paris, those, all these big shows. And there is models who, when you open uh, any online shop, they post in, in the clothing and it can be tedious work because those models need to make like hundreds of photo shoots per day in different clothes to make catalog of product catalog for, let's say, for a website or for a company. But there is development in AI which lets you put clothes on a person on a photo. So you take a photo of person, you take a photo of a clothes item and the model produces you a person in that clothes item.
1: So this would mean that you would just need a limited amount of photos with pictures of models. And then that would be enough to basically produce you that photo catalog for your website. Is that correct? Yes. And one method of one paper fresh out of the printers? I think it was published on 20th of February, called Template-Free Try-On Image Synthesis via Semantic Guided Optimization. A lot of mumbo-jumbo, but it's basically two GANs and a lot of auto-encoders, <laughs> which it does exactly what Bolin described. Take a source image, let's say a photo of a model, then a photo from the clove itself, and then it will create you the photo matching with the clothing on itself. When I read like these papers, it's like I'm thinking like, oh my god, these models are so complex. Cause like I I I can't I, I can't really describe in, in words the image what I'm seeing now, but I'm seeing here seven, eight, sorry, eight encoders, four decoders, two guns. It's like such it's a multi-step process where you you do this. And I'm not even going to bother to explain it in a podcast, how this method works, because this is mind blowing how complex these models are becoming.
0: Please tell me that they provide the source code.
1: (laughs) Uh, they provide at least uh, the parameters of the model, okay. but I don't think they provide you the <laughs> the, the, the
0: source code. <laughs> well, uh, I'm talking fresh out of print, as uh, there is an article from twenty uh, second uh, of February, which is three days from when we are recording this, and this one in is in the same. Uh, this one is in the same topic as what we're discussing. Th- uh, this article allows you to change the posture of people on photo. So you ch- can change the pose, you not just have a T-posing model, but uh, a model can then have a different poses and show your clothes from different angles.
1: There's also a company in Japan called the DataGrid, which I cannot say in a nicely way, but they're basically trying to replace models in fashion. More specifically, the use case in e-commerce, where they do pictures for catalogs or e-commerce websites. And uh, we don't know exactly what methods they are they're using, but I guess it's some GAN. <laughs> it's some fancy GAN. Uh, I would assume the method you just described, I would assume it also uses GANs.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, yes. Uh, Every time when we are talking about generation, it's always some version of GAN. At least when it comes
1: to image generation, it's 100% GAN. (laughs) You
0: you cannot go wrong there. If somebody asks you how this approach can work, just GAN, some version of GAN. Free consulting advice from you.
1: (laughs) Okay, so... Because we have the risk of like replacing models, when we're replacing jobs, we're gonna talk we automatically are gonna talk about the ethical yeah. potential of this. So I'm gonna start on this one. I've read a article from Vogue about this topic. Furthermore, I also talked to a model on this topic. And it's not a secret that in the fashion industry. There's a lot of abuse upon models. Like I you maybe have seen at least at least news articles or at least maybe documentaries on this topic where you have these young models, they're going to some foreign countries, they work there, but they're either exploited by working a lot of hours, they paid by nothing, and sometimes even they're sexually exploited. So there's big ethical issues and implication in this industry, which some people are unfortunately affected by. And um, in this article from Vogue, they talked with a model uh, called Shudu Graham, which is a South African model. And she talks about the, the world of AI and fashion and replacing their jobs. She's mentioning that AI will replace her job and she's okay with it. <laughs> That's the big summary of this whole thing. Um, especially like companies like Datagrid, which are actively re- trying to replace them. But it's not only that which is frightening per se, because you have something else. CGI models. So the one thing is photos on the catalogs, but the other world is like this models which are also influencers on Instagram, where and what, what you may already seen and heard of of the CGI models, where you have digital avatars, which look like trespasses uncanny valley of reality of real models and fake models, where they writing backstories, per- personalities, and causes to champion for these uh, models. And they're not real people. It's just a digital company which are just which are basically creating these fake models to push an agenda or push a certain trend or whatever. On one side, it's positive because with digital models you don't have a environmental footprint. Since with there's environmental footprint with associated with photo shooting, where when you bring clothes to market, it's you have a lot of outfits which are made and which are then thrown away. Maybe, but I can't really find another positive thing when because you have CJ CJMOs which are gonna push their own agenda and basically, you know, kind of there's no authenticity anymore. Uh, it's very problematic for me, this topic. But on the other hand, you don't have people exploited anymore because they're not working their jobs anymore.
0: What do you think? Well, yeah, I, I think it's 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 very uh, hard question. It cannot say, well, it's good or bad. Of course, people some people will lose jobs because of that. And yeah, the, the, the job of model is really hard. And a lot of people are preying on those people because usually model is someone who is 17, 18. That's the people that didn't so... They don't know life that good, and usually they are bounded by uh, contracts. When they realize that their agency is taking a lot of profits. so th- that's a big issue. So, but at other point, if a company can just create a fake account and have their own digital models, then yeah, then it's also uh, not, not that great for for the people that used to be models. But. Uh, I also want to talk about fashion industry overall and uh, as you mentioned and and, environmental, and and environmental imprint fashion industry is like one of the biggest uh, pollute, polluter uh, especially when it comes to water. Uh, a lot of water is used to produce dyes and dye clothes. We all know that most of the clothes are produced in third-world countries where the legal regulation is not that good. And the companies usually abuse it, throw all the chemicals into water, polluting drinkable water in countries where the water is a rare commodity. I don't believe AI can fix it completely, but at least I hope that improved manufacturing process and improved distribution process uh, can lead to decreasing waste of products.
1: Yeah, I, I think for pollution we need policies first. AI can maybe help in other ways, but if there's no policies and no Legal or business incentive, then I don't see any change in that regard. I mean, okay, I guess it's always good, like from the pressure of the consumer. If consumers are not buying because of ethical reasons, then yes. So, for example, I now recently I'm buying my jeans from Nudie Jeans. It's a brand. It's a European jeans company. And they, and they are looking to be environmentally friendly as possible. And I think with this fast fashion, where we just try to, we're anyway they're polluting, but that pollution is still gonna be up, up and growing because you always produce more and more clothes because the trend from last week is not anymore, and you have to produce a lot of clothes which are either either out of fashion or. Uh, let's say they're still fashionable, but because they are such low quality, they will break in a week, so you have to buy a new one <laughs> afterwards. You know, it's this idea of like fast fashion versus you know, uh, let's say hmm? sustainability. versus
0: sustainability. Here is where the danger of this digital models coming the biggest because if the companies can push their agenda like oh don't care, throw your clothes away, buy new stuff every week then people will not really think about about environmental environment and environment and sustainability. yeah, I agree the the biggest argument for
1: digital models is as you said, you can define your own story and it's you can say it's also the ultimate symbol of individuality. And inclusivity, because you can define anyone. You can make personalized avatars for every single person. Like imagine your ads are personalized to you, right? There, there is a pe- person to influence exactly the people who they will create a digital avatar which perfectly fits your Your by, by generic male, <laughs> <laughs> and to your personality and your needs and so on. So it can get uh, very scary where you're influencing people to don't care about this through these digital avatars. Yeah, it's a very big issue where we don't know exactly what's going to happen because the potential is there and it's scary.
0: Yeah, but as always, we hope that people use AI for good stuff like designing clothes, creating new ideas, helping people do their job better and easier and not Uh, take it to the dark side because, as always, AI is just a tool and it can be used for good and bad.
1: We're going to end it for that. AI can be used for good or bad. It is your decision what you're going to do for it.
0: And if you have questions, contact us on LinkedIn, I guess. (laughs)
1: Yeah, on the reference in in the show notes, we're gonna link our LinkedIn links. So if you have any questions, you can write us personally.